In this week's episode of Non-Native Creative, I had an awesome time chatting with photographer Erwin Wong. Erwin was born in Hong Kong and raised in Australia, and he's now based in Tokyo, where he works as a freelance photographer specializing in portraits. Erwin's portrait portfolio includes some internationally recognizable faces, including tidying guru Marie Kondo, architect Kengo Kuma, and businessman Carlos Ghosn. His portfolio also includes some corporate projects and some collaborations with international brands. In this discussion, Erwin talked about his upcoming photo book project Handmade in Japan. It's a beautiful collection of photographs and interviews with artisans from all across Japan that do traditional Japanese crafts. Erwin also shared some really straightforward advice about building your network, making sure your work is visible, and giving your best effort in the jobs you get. So this is a really good talk for freelancers in particular. Make sure to check the links in the description to find Erwin on social media, check out his portfolio, and pre-order his upcoming book. Also, please visit the Non-Native Creative Patreon to support the project. You can find transcripts and other bonus materials there. Enjoy! On this week's episode of Non-Native Creative, I am very excited to welcome photographer Erwin Wong to the show. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I'm super excited to discuss things with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, we're both in Tokyo again for this episode of the show, but we are recording uh, online for this episode. So uh, I want to kick off uh, this episode with the same question that I ask everybody uh, at the beginning of these interviews, which is to please imagine yourself as a superhero. If you uh, were a superhero and you had a moment or an experience in your life that you could think of as your origin story, the thing that kicked off everything for you, what might that be, and can you share about it? Such a that's such an interesting question. Uh, really makes you think. There, I think there are two there are two points in my life that have made me uh, kind of gravitate to the camera. The first one was just I was on a trip. It was a school trip, and one of my one of my friends had a fancy camera. I guess I guess that their uh, their parents had bought them, and we were just messing around and I think she wanted me to take her photo in front of a statue and it was like a nice SLR film camera back in the day. And so I just picked it up. It was like, like this. And, um, it was like a nice, you know, it was the shutter sound and the nice feeling of it that kind of made me go, Ooh, this is different to any other point and shoot that my parents, you know, ever used. And I was like, that's cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I might, I might, I might, I might like that. Uh, so I guess it was the, the tactile feeling of it at first that got me wanting a, a nice camera. Mm -hmm. And the second part of that story, uh, the part where I was um, kind of inspired in a way to kind of take it, take it more seriously was um, when I first came to Japan, I had been a hobbyist photographer for well, kind of since that first time I'd gotten mm -hmm. myself a camera, uh, was shooting, you know, happily shooting film, just whatever I wanted, nothing kind of, nothing too specific. Um, and I was in Japan on the jet program. This was about 2005 or mm -hmm. six, who's counting. Uh, and uh, one of, I just, I was, I went to a, a lighthouse to take some photos of the sunset and a fellow jet was there who I had not, Really, I had met before. I, I didn't really talk to him very much, uh, but uh, his name was Ryan, 
Hi, if you're listening. And um, he also had the same camera as me. And we kind of just, it was just this weird meeting. And we kind of just bonded. And in a way, kind of became rivals. Not rivals. I don't know about rivals. Just kind of, we kind of started helping each other along. Does that make sense? Oh, so, yeah, so, okay. I was going to say, this is the first ever origin story on this series where there's like a rival that's introduced <laughs> in the origin story. I was excited. I was pumped for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like we, we, we were just trying to take cool photos. and, and Friendly you know, competitors. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure, you know, share cool, cool ideas and tips and, um, and hang out and try and, do, try and do things that we had seen uh, cool. online and that's how kind of I was like, you know, there's actually a lot more to this photography thing uh, than I had originally thought, such as like lighting and, you know, working with people. And it, it was, uh, that kind of kicked me off cool. on, on, on the whole learning spree of how to, how to get, how to get looks that I wanted and that kind of thing. So. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> so it, like, it sounds like, yeah, it was this, like you said, that tactile experience. That's uh-huh. something that's uh, for sure. It's like it's hard to it's hard to put that into words sometimes, but I think that that's absolutely yeah. true for many creative yeah. professions. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, also, just for listeners who may not be familiar uh, with the Jet program that you talked about, what is what is a Jet? What does that mean? Uh, okay, so Jet, I think it's been so long, uh, stands for Japan Exchange and Teaching Program. I don't know, mm-hmm. um, but basically. Uh, it's a good program for if you want to come to Japan and live and teach, kind of teach, like you're just there in the classroom with a proper uh, teacher and you help them with um, uh, communication and language and um, in English uh, for their English lessons. And you just kind of, uh, they put you up in a a little country town in Japan and um, it's very comfortable. You get paid quite, quite nicely. (laughs) for the amount of work you do and mm-hmm. um and yeah it was just it was the way i i i, I kind of landed here it's, okay uh, it's cool. what i it's it's what i i did straight out of college university gotcha so um, where did you uh, just kind of going back just to give some further background uh where where were you born or what or maybe if not the same place as the place you were living before you came to japan uh where oh, yeah. did you have you lived in other countries uh well I'm Australian. Um, I grew up there, uh, but I was born in Hong Kong. So, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So, how did you find the the experience of moving to Japan as a jet coming from Australia? What was that like? Um. Hmm. It was. It was fine. I had actually lived in Japan for two months on a study kind of, what do you call them? Like a a language study uh, course. So I came to Kanazawa in my second year university Uh and I did a homestay there for two years. Okay. And that kind of was a great introduction to to Japan because it was Mm -hmm. such a cool, cool place and cool experience. Um, And it gave me language skills to kind of, not be too uh, overwhelmed when I first arrived. So mm-hmm. it was, it was okay. Like I didn't feel too, uh, too out of my, out of my depth. 
Right, right. Yeah, so you had like yeah. a bit of language experience then when you came yeah. as a jet and also some familiarity with Japan and you know, how to kind of live. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. So what got you interested in Japan in the first place? Um, let's see. What's the easy answer? I guess you could say um, growing up in growing up in an Asian household. I don't know if that sounds, sounds, well, I am Asian, uh, but um, my, my, my brother from when we were living in Hong Kong had all these toys from, um, from, yeah, when we were growing up in Hong Kong and they were all toys from Japan. So like transformers, like robots and that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. we played with those when I was a kid. And obviously that got me interested in all these robots like Gundam and that sure. kind of stuff. And yeah, it just led down the, 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 the path of uh, watching anime, manga, being like, well, I want to study this language now in, in university. And then so studying it, uh, coming here for the language tour and boom, back again for Jet. <laughs> cool, cool, yeah. awesome. So then uh, how, did you, how did you make this transition from from jet to professional photographer, like the work that you're doing today is, is very mm. portrait focused. Mm -hmm. uh, how did, how did you, like, that's a big, that's a big leap. I mean, just mm. looking from the outside, how did that change happen? Uh, yeah. Looking, looking back to it now, um, it was a stunning amount of hubris. Really? <laughs> Yeah, like I, I was like, well, you know, I can, I've got a camera, I, I can take some photos. Why don't I become a photographer? I didn't really realize the, the, how long the road was, you know what I mean? Like there mm -hmm. was a lot of work to do, but I was like, well, I'll be fine. Um, I guess, I guess that's the product of when you're a bit younger, but um, yeah, I just like literally finished Jet and was like, I'll go freelance. I'll be, I'll, it'll be great. I'm going to move to Tokyo um, with my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife. We just moved into Tokyo together. And I was like, I'm not going to get a job. I'm going to go freelance. I'll make it work somehow. And, uh, and somehow it did. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's a lot of steps in between. But mm -hmm. um, the, the jump was, yeah, it was just, I just felt like I should, I should, jump in with both feet is mm -hmm. that the phrase yeah you know yeah what i mean yeah absolutely absolutely wow so yeah. at that t at that time were you doing lots of portrait photos or were you kind of focusing on you know showing uh like lots of lots of photographers for example even today kind of do like the tokyo backstreets uh mm. instagram page you know that kind of mm. thing but uh, your mm. work focuses on people mm. uh, has it always been that way I think so. Yeah. I mean, I like going out and taking, taking photos of the streets and that kind of thing, but yeah. it, it feels a little like, I think I like a bit more direction in my photo shoot. I like to create something with someone. I don't know how to describe that feeling uh, where you put the lighting up and you have an idea of what you want the person to do or say, uh, and you have the background, you know, nicely lined up and then it feels like you're making something. Mm. And so that's kind of what I gravitated to. Uh, I like people like I'm, I'm, I'm a severe introvert, but when I'm 
photographing people. Uh, that's kind of like a different, a, a different switch for me. And so for the, for the time I'm in front of a person photographing them, I'm almost like a different person. Uh, it's weird, but that's like, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's something I really like doing. Cool. Maybe it's, yeah, I it, lately I've come to think of it as kind of like a sort of anthropology. Does that make mm. sense? Like a study yeah. of just like people Absolutely. You know, uh, in doing stuff for in their elements and, that's kind of the kind of photography that I like to pursue. Cool. Way, just, you know, cool. studying people. <laughs> because that's kind of what your photos are reflective of. Like, um, I remember seeing many, I feel like it was several years ago. You, I want to say like a, you had some like kind of collector themed photos or something like that. Like, I feel like I yeah. saw a person who had like collection, like a collection of games, like a collection of kimono. Like you were photographing these people that were very, like you say, like kind of in their element. And I remember mm. being so struck by those photos because it was, uh, yeah, you had, you have this interesting way of capturing people uh, together with their objects or, you know, together in kind of their, their zone. That's just somehow it, it, it looks very, it looks very unique to me. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's actually like, that's a really cool idea one. And also just like the way that you take the photos uh, is really interesting. As a person who is not a photographer as well, I should say, like, uh, and, and just kind of looks at the photo and goes, oh, I like that. I can't explain why always, but I just like something about this and it looks different mm. to me. But that's kind of related to another one of the questions I wanted to ask you mm. today, which is how did you work on defining like your style or like how did you work on developing like, you know, the way that you like to take photos? Like it's, mm. I mean, there's so much information now out there on the internet, like, you know, how mm. to frame a shot or how to edit your photos or whatever. How did you develop your own thing that you feel is, you know, your style? Mm. Yeah. Going back to your point about how there's so much information out there right now, it is truly bananas. Like you, you could spend hours trolling for inspiration on Instagram or whatever. Uh, but you won't really get anywhere because it's just too, it's like too much, isn't it? You know, mm -hmm. you're, pull, you're pulled in all these different directions at once. Um, I guess luckily when I first started out, Instagram didn't even exist. Can you even believe that? Um, wow. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Whoa. Wow. Um, yeah. Holy cow. Um, so I kind of just had a couple of photographers who I really liked and I would just visit their site all the time. Kind of like, I know it sounds bad, but kind of just like stealing ideas and lighting. <laughs> like, you know, like how would I light this, uh, mm -hmm. this kind of person? I'd be like, why don't I check? Like, for example, like Dan Winters is one of my favorite photographers because of his, he's just such an atmospheric. His photos are so atmospheric. Um, and you know, like, the usual suspects, Andy Leibovitz, that kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. it's pretty, pretty hard to go past her her accomplishments and and the quality of her work. Um, but yeah, I just I just have a few people that I really really admire and mm -hmm. you know try to get closer to mm. in in terms of uh, quality uh, at all times and. Um, yeah, I hope I hope somewhere along the line that my own personal style has evolved out of that process. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's a constantly—I think it's a constantly evolving thing. Okay. Uh, 
especially as like, uh, I think if you get too comfortable, then that's not good either. You have to, you have to always be assessing yourself and mm. wondering, wondering if this is the direction that you want to stay and you stay locked into or, you know, um, or if you should try something else like right. maybe less, <laughs> maybe less labor, labor intensive or, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So it's like that constant process of like, you know, doing the work, looking at the work, going, is this what I want to do? How would I change this? So like that constant cycle of kind of like reflection yeah. and then improvement. Yeah, I think it's, mm. it's that's uh, something that resonates with people in lots of creative industries. But I mean, mm. like going back to um, your point about like, oh, is this really like, you know, my style? Is this really what I want to do? Uh, like, I mean, I think, I mean, just looking at your portfolio, anybody who's listening or watching can go and check out Irwin's portfolio on his website, which is very, very cool. Like you have some very, very, um, famous faces on your, on your website. Like people, um, they're internationally recognizable faces. So like listeners and viewers, uh, would probably be familiar, let's see, most recently maybe with Marie Kondo, uh, the yeah. art, what's, what's the book called? The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. She's the author of that, like the, the maker of that whole series. You have a photo, a portrait of her. You've done a portrait of uh, Kengo Kuma, uh, architect. Uh, you've got Carlos Ghosn, I noticed, was in there as well. Like, <laughs> so it's like these, I mean, you have these very, very uh, recognizable faces and many, many more that I, I haven't mentioned as well. Like how I assume one that like there was something interesting and appealing about your style that, you know, drew people uh, like this to want to you know have a portrait by you, uh, which is in, on one hand, very interesting. And I want to ask you about that. But before that, I wanted just, um, just for, you know, people again, listening and watching or maybe thinking about um, maybe there are other photographers out there or videographers out there or whatever uh, working on building um, their own careers. How do you even begin to to network and to connect with people to be to be gaining opportunities to you know work with these very big names? How do you how do you go out? How do you go from taking pictures on the street or taking pictures of friends in places to photographing these very uh, well known faces? Hard question. That, I know. that is a <laughs> super super hard question, uh, mainly because I don't know. I don't, I honestly, it's like, it's, it's a mystery to me as well. Um, I mean, I don't even have a strong web presence. <laughs> uh, I don't really, I don't really post, post about anything, um, which is, I should probably do more. Um, <laughs> but um, I do have a website and I want, I, and I did make sure it looks, looked looks it does still look as presentable as possible so i mm -hmm. want clients clients who land there to actually you know have the idea that i know what i'm doing i guess um but yeah it's just kind of like and it's very hard to explain in a way that doesn't sound like oh you know like this just happened but like one thing definitely does lead to another uh and you just like it's going to sound really trite, but you just have to just do each job that you get very well. You have to take it very seriously. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I no, just, it makes sense. It makes sense. Because, Building a because reputation. I, yeah. And it's, I don't, I, at the very start of my career, I, I did, I did hit the pavement a lot. I had my portfolio and I went around and, and I showed it to people, uh, Japanese companies. 
mm-hmm. uh, uh, Japanese publishers. So like Asahi Shimbun uh, or, or like Aira, like that weekly magazine, mm-hmm. uh, Japanese magazine, um, or like other places. And so I hit the pavement a lot with my book. Um, but I don't know how that translated into me getting a lot of international work. People, people who... Um, like, you know, like Forbes or the Washington Post or what else? There's other, there, there are other places. There are probably mm-hmm. more. Than <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yes. I, I think. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. It just lands in my inbox and I wake up and I'm like, wow, cool. Uh, sorry that there's not much more I can say, but, you know. Just, <laughs> That's okay. That's but, okay. No, it's uh, true. I mean, I think it really does go back to your point about when you get a job, you know, you do the job uh, and you, you know, you show up on time and you do the things that you say you're going to do and you deliver and if you communicate and you communicate well, you know, all of those things uh, and the product is something that's special as well. I think when you can deliver all of those things, that's, that's, that's a great thing to be able to do in your work. Um, yeah, I think so, yeah. Mm, consistency, consistency. Just absolutely, like absolutely. So then going back to the other, the other point that I was mentioning about, um, you know, working with big faces, sorry, big faces, my big faces, I mean, famous faces, <laughs> that's funny, huge, huge. Uh, the, uh, the other question that I wanted to ask about is when you're, when you're, when you know that you're going to have a shoot with someone that's, you know, super famous like that, do you have a, do you have an approach to that? Or like, what's, what do you, what do you feel before you go into a shoot like that? Um, yeah, it's interesting. Super famous people, uh, it's always different with just uh, well-known people. Sometimes uh, Carlos Ghosn, for example, uh, only gave me five minutes and showed up two minutes late, so uh, I only had three minutes. <laughs> wow. um, well, you know, at least he showed up, right? Um, other other people, like, for example, uh, Yusaku Maiza, the Zozo Town president, who is going to go to space. I don't know. <laughs> Um, he, he was, he was, uh, really accommodating and, um, he like actually very collaborative. He, he, he hammered a nail into, into, into the wall of his office just to hang a Picasso because just because I said it would look nice there. Uh, yeah. And that, that was, uh, my first time photographing him. Um, so we had just met, uh, yeah. So it's always very different. My approach some people do research, you know, some people go online and be like, okay, this person was born in this place and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, he likes this thing. Um, so I should talk to him about that during the photo shoot. Uh, I've tried that and I've felt that at times that approach can uh, be distracting to you because you're trying to crowbar these facts you've learned about them online into this photo shoot, which is supposed to be like this natural organic thing. Um, so you're like, Oh, I should, I should use this homework, which, mm. you, you know, sometimes you, sometimes you don't have to. Uh, you, so you, I try to just, I don't know, keep it chill. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> look them in the eye, talk to them, talk to them nicely. Uh, and most of the time they're, they're, that's enough, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's there's there's no there's no there's no magic to it. You just you, you just gotta not be weird. <laughs> <laughs> I've been so much of life, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and that, yeah. 
it is it is really hard it is really hard not being yeah bored, but yeah for to, sure yeah. but i mean like from from the perspective of you know if you're working with anybody and you know you show up to work with somebody for the first time and they're like oh, you're biggest fan i've read all about you on the internet before i did this it's yeah. weird right you know it's like it's a little it's a little like so. pressure like whoa into their face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for so sure. Might, yeah. For sure. So yeah, yeah. This, That's cool. Know, in the eye. Yeah. Nice, I don't know if that nice. helps anyone. <laughs> no, it, it does. does. I, I think I think it does because I think that like there's a tendency, especially when you're first beginning, and I know that I was like this, uh, and maybe to some extent still am. I'm I'm sure I probably still am, but like when I know that I'm going to like meet with somebody or even like, you know, doing interviews. Like, of course I do. I, I look into the work of every person who I speak to for this series because it's important to me to understand that person's work so I can ask good questions about it. But I think like when you're first starting out, <laughs> you want to know everything and then you want to show that you've done your studies and your homework. Right, and you just right, kind of go, yeah. what? The person that you're working with or talking to <laughs> is kind of like, whoa, kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I say kid because I, that was the kind of person I was like when I was uh, <laughs> younger. Uh, anyway, but I want to I want to spend um, I want to kind of transition from this um, portraits of like these very famous faces to talking about your upcoming project. Uh, your very cool upcoming project features again portraits and also kind of like I don't know if the right word would be like background photos. I'm sure you you know the best word. Uh, but it's focusing on craftspeople, focusing on artisans uh, in Japan that are doing traditional Japanese crafts. Would that be an accurate way to kind of summarize it? Or, well, yep, I should just, I should just ask you to do it. So you've got you've got this new this new book <laughs> that's coming out, this new photo book that's coming out, which is a yeah. There's the cover. If you're just listening, go watch the video on YouTube so you can see the cover. Handmade in Japan is the title of this book. So what what is this project? You have done everything for this project, right? Yeah, well, uh, except for the layout and design of the book. Thank God I didn't have to do that. Um, but yeah, this project basically is um, almost like a love letter to um, how cool I find these people. <laughs> There's mm -hmm. nothing. It's, it's just it's, it's as simple as that. Um, it features what like fifty to sixty artisans in this in hardcover book um uh and um i guess to bring it back to the start uh japanese artisans traditional craftspeople are um some of the most hardworking, diligent and humble people i've ever met and uh needless to say supremely talented in what they are doing um and uh, their businesses, oftentimes their their business is like uh, it runs in the family, and it's been going for hundreds, if not many hundreds <laughs> of years. Uh, and it's kind of bananas. So these guys are just uh, guys and, and and girls are very uh, very interesting. Just you know, to to start off with, uh, they're easy to photograph. <laughs> You know, low mm -hmm. hanging fruit. Uh, but like, no, but they are very easy to photograph, and they're super nice. And uh, it, it just um, going, finding them, and interviewing them, and photographing them has been a super uh, positive experience in my life. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, learning learning a lot about just working hard from them. Mm -hmm. um, 
am I going on too much? No, not at all. I no. like, I just, I wanted to also make sure that everybody knows mm -hmm. that you, you also wrote, you also did the writing for the book. Like you interviewed them and you did oh, yeah. all the writing in addition to all yeah. the photographs too. So it's not just a, like your photo project, it's also your photo like and writing project. Uh, so there's yeah. a huge amount of information there. And um, while I was I was looking through your website um, before this talk, uh, and I mentioned this to you before we started this actually, that like there are um, uh, sample, samples, I don't know, there are examples of um, kind of chapters or artisans from the book that are on your blog that did not for whatever reason, get included in the final book project. And uh, the photos are beautiful. And the way that you've written things, it's very, it's like short and sweet, but the information is very like succinct. <laughs> like There's no like flowery, like uh, writing. There's no like, um, as I feel like sometimes often actually happens in writing about Japan. There's none of like the really kind of sometimes like mysticism or like orientalism yeah. that like appears in yeah. there. It's just, this is what this person does. Here's the reason that they're doing this thing. Here's the history behind it. And here's some information about this person's like family or their background. And it matches so well with the pictures. And uh, I was really, actually, I was, I was just like reading through the blog. It's like, Whoa, that's really cool. I had no idea about that. Like the one, there's one on there about um, the kettles making the traditional, like really, really heavy kettles. Uh, and how like they pour like molten iron inside the mm -hmm. kettle and sometimes it just explodes into flames in the face of the person who's making it and you have photos of all of this and it was like this is the reason we pour this iron in because it gives the water a certain flavor it makes it delicious and I was just like oh my gosh this is so cool like, I want to buy one of those now like it was a really really cool look into like these tiny tiny details of these uh, of these like epically from like it seems difficult crafts that have just existed for hundreds of years and it's not something I feel like that gets talked about so much let, let alone like compiled like this so I thought it was super super cool and like I like it made me want to get a copy of the final book and those were the ones that didn't make the cut <laughs> I was like okay I really want to check out the final book for sure um, definitely, but I, definitely. Uh, I have uh, I wanted to ask though then how did you even find the people that you wanted to to talk to how did you choose who to talk to for the series like you go all over japan uh taking photos and doing interviews and things like that what was the process like of deciding where to go and which crafts to focus on mm, it was it was a process i'll tell you that um when i first developed an interest in these uh in these people in these um uh, artisans there wasn't even a book deal um, mm -hmm. so it was just me kind of looking online uh, you know trying to find people who are doing cool things you know with with cool workshops and that kind of thing and um, I had some success with that uh, but a lot of artisans in Japan are, are, are more elderly they're not tech savvy they don't have websites. They don't have mm -hmm. any online presence at all. So you can't find them. Uh, so there, yeah, there, there are some, there are some in the books that I would have never found by myself. Uh, mm. So I had, I had people introduce me to, to some, there's like an elderly boat, boat builder uh, who mm -hmm. builds the, builds the boats obviously for cormorant fishers mm -hmm. uh, in Gifu. He's like 88. He's like the only one 
one of two left in Japan who can build them. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's bananas. Uh, and so I was introduced to him by another craftsman who I'd photographed in Gifu uh, at a previous time. Okay. Um, so I got lucky in a lot of ways uh, and just sustained research as well. Uh, finding leads and kind of following them mm-hmm. uh, to the, uh, to the, you know, to the end. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So just a, just maybe a, a little note here. Do you think that that would have been possible if you didn't have Japanese skills? Uh, it would have been a lot harder. <laughs> I, I actually, you know what? I don't think it would have been, uh, I would, I would have probably given up. Yeah. Being able to look for, look for them in, in Japanese on the internet and uh, being able to call them up on their phone and being like, Hey, I'm this guy, I'm this photographer in Japan. Can I come and visit you and take photos of you? Uh, then that was what got me in front of a lot of, um, artisans, um, me calling up, uh, I sent a bunch of emails and no one ever replied, uh, or hardly anyone ever replied. And so having the language skills and the, the literacy, uh, to understand where they were, what they were doing, uh, helped, uh, immeasurably for sure. Yeah. Right. Right. Cool. Cool. I think that's an important point to make. Uh, just cause we are kind of sort of getting to the end of our time together. I want to turn to a little bit more of a broader discussion, uh, then, uh, in terms of just, you know, like, uh, someone who is, um, if we're thinking about someone who is starting out in their creative world or the creative project, or they're thinking of going to another country to start, uh, to start something new and interesting. Uh, do you have anything like from your experience as a photographer, from your experience uh, moving to another country and uh, doing uh, creative and non-creative work, is there any advice that you have for someone who's just getting started or who is thinking about something like that? Is there anything that you think you should do this or you should not do this? Ooh, um, that's a really, that's, what should you do? Um, well, I mean, it comes, I guess, I don't know, like just be, be consistent and don't, don't mess or don't mess around. You, you need to, you need to make stuff. You need to like, um, you need to be creating, creating things like this, uh, artisan, this handmade in Japan book was, uh, it came from me, um, photographing artisans in my spare time. And, uh, and now it's a book. Um, so you just have to make stuff so that people know that you're making stuff and that you're not just sitting around waiting for people waiting for work. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's really, uh, it's really about putting, putting the hours in, I think. Uh, and you know, and, and being, being ready in case you get a lucky break, you know, like in case something happens, something falls into your lap and you just have to be ready to, to really capitalize on that. Um, so yeah, just work on your skills, work on, work on your people skills, super important. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of work to do on that, <laughs> um, you know, and just work on, work on yourself. <laughs> sure. 
Sure. That's, yeah. I think that's also a really important point that not a lot of people talk about. Like, of course, working on building your skills, absolutely, and being visible with your work and doing that, but also taking time to, yeah, think about yourself, too. Yeah, keeping, keeping the process of self-development going as well is key. Um, then, um, specifically, perhaps, then, about Japan, you've talked a bit about uh, some of the maybe exciting parts of living and working in Japan. Uh, is there anything that you found challenging about working in Japan? Uh, for challenging parts, um, renewing re renewing your visa as a freelancer is is is, a, is something that I kind of I kind of have a deep seated trauma about every time that every time that uh, that um, that period rolls around. It's it's no fun. Um, but uh, you know, you just have to get all this, all your stuff together, pay your taxes. <laughs> um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All the all the get, fun adult stuff, yeah, 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 yeah. All your all your documents and everything, and uh, you know, it's it's okay. But yeah, that's 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 a kind of a bureaucratic challenge. Any any as far as anything else goes, uh, challenging thing about being in Japan. I don't know. It's like such a convenient place. Everything, you know, everything's where it should be most of the time, you know, like, uh, definitely, you know, being able to communicate helps, you know, just working on your kanji, working on your, on your keigo, uh, your um, respectful Japanese. Yeah, the polite Japanese, your business yeah, Japanese, yeah. 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 So sure. you know, just just so people know that you're not messing around, um, mm. and you're really you're really there for, you're really there for 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 the long long haul or something. Um, really hedging myself there. I don't know why, <laughs> but um, you know, like uh, yeah, just don't just just don't don't mess around. For that's sure. That's that's terrible advice. Well, no, but I think, I mean, it's, it's general, you know, don't mess around with, you know, the, uh, the things that you should be doing, you know, like it's fun to, yeah. it's fun to come to another country and go, wow, another country, everything is so new and fresh and exciting and cool. Like yeah. I'm just going to play. But if you want to, you know, be serious, take it seriously, you really do have to address those less fun aspects of it. Too. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Okay, then I want to make sure uh, we have this question in here. Where can we find you? If, uh, if someone wants to make sure they get your book or if they want to check out your work, where can they find you? Where can they make sure to get updates about your book when it's available? Okay, um, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Erwin Wong Photo, I think. Let me just check that. Shows, shows you how much I'm on there. Um, uh, Yes, it is Erwin Wong photo. Okay. Um, uh, we can throw some text off or something. <laughs> yeah, I'll put I'll put whatever you whatever you tell me now or later. I'll put links to it in the description. So anyone listening or watching, please make sure to check the links in the description on the podcast version or the video version uh, to get all of this stuff. So Instagram for sure. Twitter. Uh, yeah. uh, Twitter. I'm. I'm just. I'm kind of a lurker. <laughs> I just keep tabs on people I want to photograph there. Okay. Um, Twitter, uh, Twitter, you know, you can, you can, you can visit though. Um, just, uh, for my, for my work, uh, go to erwinwong.com, one word, dot com, uh, mm -hmm. one word, erwinwong.com. Okay. Uh, and, um, there's a link to my blog on that site. 
Uh, where else can you find me online? That's about it. Oh, okay. I have a, I have a Vimeo channel. Uh, and where, what am I, what are, what's my thing for that? <laughs> if you want to see some of the, uh, some of the video work I've done. Um, cool. Okay. So yeah, I've, I've really got my social media, um, <laughs> uh, thing. It's all together. Erwin Wong photographer. You should be able to search for me under that. Um, okay. Fantastic. So all of those links <laughs> will go in the description for sure. Also, if we want to get your book or what's the, what's kind of the timeline, of course, right now, given the world situation, things have kind of been delayed. Uh, but what's, what's kind of the timeline for your book or like, can we pre-order it or uh, find more information about it somewhere? Uh, yeah, it's, um, you can definitely pre-order it from the uh, publisher's website, which is Gestalton. I don't know if you can see it there. Yep. Okay. Um, handmade in Japan. Uh, and uh, it's on Amazon, um, other reputable booksellers. Um, the, uh, there will be updates going out uh, near the start of September when it's closer to launch. Um, but yeah, if you want to pre-order it, go, go, go ahead and just, um, uh, I guess, search for it. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I'll, I'll look it up on Amazon and find the link for it, and I'll put the link uh, okay, in the description uh, for that, too. Yeah, because mm. that's a, that seems like it looks like a really, really cool project. And like, I think photo books are so exciting now because it's like, they're not, they're not built as like guidebooks, but you could totally use them as like, you know, oh, I want to visit this place for that, you know, that restaurant or that person or whatever. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. That sounds super cool. Uh, awesome. Then I guess uh, with that said, then we are at the end of our discussion. But if you'd like, if you have any final thoughts that you would like to include, please feel free to do so. If not, no problem. Mm, final thoughts. Uh, mm -hmm. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Super <laughs> fun. Of course, it's great to talk to you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I uh, um, hope anything that I said was useful today. Uh, <laughs> I think and, it was. Uh, I think it was. Yeah, check out my site. <laughs> <laughs> we will do that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Non-Native Creative. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already so that you never miss an interview. Also, please make sure to stop by the project Patreon at patreon.com slash non-nativecreative. Patrons can get access to Patreon-only discussions, bonus behind-the-scenes media, interview transcripts, and access to patron-only live streams. Your support will help make sure the series can continue to share exciting, interesting stories from creative people working across borders. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.